Greetings, welcome to today's podcast. Good morning to you. Our first scripture for today is Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. It says, Our Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. Our Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Psalm seventy-three twenty-six: My help may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. God is the strength of my heart. Praise be to the Lord, my rock. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer. Psalms 144, 1 and 2. Honor and majesty are before him. <clears throat> Strength and gladness are in his place. First Chronicles 16.27 Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart to take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. For you have given me wisdom and strength. Daniel 2.23 I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. For you have given me wisdom and strength. And Isaiah 40.29 He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And that brings up a good topic. Waiting on the Lord to where we are renewed until our strength is renewed. When our strength is exalted, exhausted, waiting upon the Lord till the enthusiasm, the strength comes in. It's available. It's available as meditation, available that you take your socks off, put your feet on the ground and meditate. The doctor recommends you meditate half hour in the morning, half hour at night. In the morning, filling yourself up with with God, filling yourself up with meditation, that's what we're doing right now. I actually have a metal under my computer that's grounded. So I put my toes on there while I'm talking to you, and I am grounded. So I can receive that, that strength, that enthusiasm, and the Word from God. I, of myself... I have to be stirred up to be strengthened. All right now, so good morning. Uh, we pray that we do that. Wait on the Lord and receive His strength. His strength is available like, you know how they say you stretch your, your muscles and it takes 30 seconds to stretch your muscles. And if you go beyond that, it doesn't do any good. That your muscles will be stretched and ready to go if you stretch them for... 30 seconds, hard to believe, huh? Well, I believe it's the same with meditating on the scriptures and waiting upon the Lord. So our scripture 
for our podcast is Matthew 19.26, where it says, With God, all things are possible. So we're going to call this the Remarkable Show. Fernando's Remarkable Show. Or God's Remarkable Display of Miracles. Have you got a miracle in your life to report? I got a miracle. In a couple of hours, a shuttle is coming down to pick us up, and we're going to go to the airport, and then we're going to get on the plane, and we're going to go to uh, the Big Island, Kona, and and go, and hopefully we'll mount some horses this time up in the ranch, Parker Ranch. But waiting upon the Lord, being renewed in His strength, that's that's the key. Let's go ahead and pray. We're going to pray the Our Father again and fire us up and get us going. Ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. God is our instructor, our master, our savior, and our friend, Jesus Christ. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Psalm 23, verse 6. Isaiah 64, 8 is, But now, O Lord, thou art our Father, we are the clay, and thou art the potter, potter, and we are the work of thy hands. Isaiah 64, 8. Amen. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. You know, I was just thinking about uh, how people say, uh, like, I'll die if I go out with that person. I'll die if, if I go out with this person. And you know, people do die. They, well, they get what they say. That's what the Bible says. They get what they say. They say it long enough. You know. The body will start. So how much of our body is living in the commands that we have said? And how much of our body is dying with the commands that we have said? It says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life, Proverbs 4, 23. 
Keeping our heart with all diligence is abstaining from speaking bad about ourselves, ill, or anyone else. And playing a game in our heads and saying good things. Saying saying good things. Every time I hear somebody say, you know, it's killing me or this kind of something dumb or I'm always like that or I'm always late. That always happens to me. You know, money, <clears throat> money come it, money go it. You know, I usually will say something positive like money always comes. Health always shows up. Goodness and mercy are following us all the days of our lives. It says God keeps his promises and he and he desires that none of us should perish. Well, yeah, none of us should perish to go to hell, but that none of our lives should be cut off short. That we will live all the days of our lives. All our, our appointed days. Amen. All right, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his crowns and give you peace. Establish you in every which way. Remember, the Lord is listening. It's hard to believe that he's there listening. So we, we say things like, Yes, Lord, yes, thy will be done. Yes, Lord, yes, thy will be done. All right, let's say... Uh, Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5, and then we'll get on with our day. Thank you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Go in peace. Our service has ended. God bless you. Have a great day. I'll talk to you from Hawaii, our next broadcast tomorrow. Lord willing, right? Hasta la vista, baby. October 21st, Limitless Love. The greater one is in you. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, New American Standard. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that is coming, and now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. 
1 John 4, 1-4, New American Standard. This is by Gloria Copeland. There is no question about it. The spirit of the Antichrist is at work at the world today. We hear in the words and see in the lives of people around us great influence of evil on television and in magazines. We see a rising antagonism toward holiness and the things of God. It seems that society is reveling against every restraint and the forces of the devil are pushing people further and further into immorality and darkness. At times, you might be tempted to say, if God is love, why doesn't he do something about all this? He is doing something about it. He has put you and me and every other believer alive on the earth today in the midst of it, and he has given us the power to overcome it. We are lights to God's in the midst of the dark world, and no matter how great the darkness becomes, it cannot put out the light or our light. I remember when I first found that out, it was such a comfort to me. Ken and I were facing so many impossible situations back then. It seems like the devil had the upper hand, not just in the world around us, but in our lives. Then we found out that God has made us overcomers. And we began to say, greater one lives in me. The greater one lives in me. The more we believed that and the more we acted on it, the the more we overcame. Little by little, Ken and I took the power God had given us by his indwelling spirit and his word. And with the same overcoming power and influence, the lives of others, we began to see what God's love working in us and through us could truly do. Next time you start to feel overwhelmed by the circumstances of life, or the darkness of the world around you, remind yourself that the greater one lives within you. Don't let the devil disturb you with the things he's doing. Turn the tables on him. Rise up like the overcomer God has made you to be. Let the love of God within you shine forth and start putting out the darkness with God's light. And that was Gloria Copeland. And with that... We're going to go ahead and read What are we going to read? Okay, that's good right now. Let's go ahead and pray out. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Faith to Faith, Covenant Prosperity, October 21st. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for 
It is he that giveth thee power to give wealth, that he may establish his covenant. Deuteronomy 8.18 That he may establish his covenant. His covenant of prosperity. What is God's reason for prospering his people? Is it so we can watch bigger TVs? So we can buy finer houses and more luxurious cars? Establishing God's covenant on the earth and giving to those in need, those are God's purposes for prosperity. Again, establishing God's covenant on the earth and giving to those in need. I've had some people tell me, well, Brother Copeland, Jesus' ministry was poor and he got along just fine. That's ridiculous. All the way through the Old Testament, God promised material blessings to anyone who would walk perfectly and upright before him. If God had failed to bless Jesus financially, he would have been breaking his own word. Jesus never built a worldly empire for himself, but that doesn't mean he was poor. It means he was the greatest giver with whoever walked in the face of the earth. And it's about time we started following in his footsteps. If we'll start giving, if we'll start taking care of the needs and people and people's pocketbook will be far more likely to win their hearts. What do you think will happen to the teacher of a starving nation when you bring in a 747 full of food, clothes, and medical supplies to them in the name of Jesus and his love? The hearts of those people are going to soften. They're going to be willing to listen to what we have to say about Jesus. Did you ever let anyone tell you it's wrong to want to prosper? It's wrong for you to want to prosper when that prosperity can meet the difference between heaven and hell for millions of people. Forget about your own little needs. Raise your vision and set your mind on giving to meet someone else's. On establishing God's covenant in the earth, then start fast in faith. Then stand fast in faith and get ready to enjoy the greatest prosperity you ever know. Amen. Scripture reading is Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 18. All right, all right. Now, I'm going to read it in Spanish. Bienvenidos. Gracias por escuchar a Fe a Faith. Pacto de Prosperidad por Kerry Copeland. Si no, acuérdate de Jehová, tu Dios, porque Él te da el poder para hacer las riquezas al fin de confirmar su pacto que juró a tus padres como en este día. Deuterónimo 8.18 ¿Cuál es el propósito de Dios al hacer prosperar a su pueblo? ¿Será para que tengamos televisiones más grandes? ¿O para que compremos casas y automóviles más lujosos? No, es para que confirmemos el pacto de Dios en la tierra y para que ay ayudarnos a los necesitados. Algunos me han dicho, bueno, hermano Copeland, el ministerio de Jesús era de escasos recursos. Y él le iba muy bien. 
Esto es ridículo. En todo el Antiguo Testamento, Dios le prometió bendiciones materiales a cualquier que anduviera perfecto y rectamente delante de él. Si Dios no hubiera bendecido a Jesús económicamente, habría incumplido su propia palabra. Jesús no fundó ningún imperio material para sí, pero eso no significa que él era pobre, sino que fue la pobreza, la persona que más ha dado en toda la historia pasada, presente y futura del mundo. Y ya es hora de que empecemos a seguir su enojo. Cuando comenzamos a dar y ayudar materialmente a los necesitados, tendremos mayores obligaciones de ganar sus corazones. ¿Quién piensa usted que le sucederá al corazón de una nación hambre lenta cuando llegue un avión 747 lleno de alimento, ropa y suministro? Medis... Médicos en el nombre y por el amor de Jesús. El corazón de esas personas se enternecerá y estarán más dispuestos a oír lo que tengamos que decir acerca de Jesús. No se deje influir por la idea de que no es bueno querer prosperar. No sea bueno de su parte no querer prosperar. Cuando esa prosperidad puede representar la diferencia entre el cielo y en la tierra. Entre el cielo y el infierno para millones de personas. Olvídese de sus propias e insignificantes necesidades. Tenga una mayor visión y proponga dar para ayudar a los que estén en necesidad y para confirmar el pacto de Dios en la tierra. Manténganse firme en la fe y prepárense para disfrutar la mayor prosperidad que jamás haya tenido en su vida. Amén. Y la escritura para leer es Deuteronomio 8, Deuteronomio 8, 11 a 18. Amén. Amén. Welcome to today's reading for Elnon. I'm Fernando, grateful member of Elnon. Let us open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. October 21st. As a child, I enjoy helping my mother plant tulips bulbs every fall. She taught me to plant them in rows, neat and tidy. In my first home, I looked forward to my own tulip blossoming. One year, my husband asked, why do you plant them in rows? Why not in clusters? I noticed many of my neighbors planted flowers in clusters. I patterned, I considered scattered. 
Soon after, an Elnon member shared how she did certain things her mother's way as if they were the only way. Suddenly, it was clear why I did some things in certain ways my mother had taught me. Later, while on vacation, I saw ducks in a pond all in a row. There they were, the embodiment of a phrase my mother frequently used. Wait, wait, dear, until I get my ducks in a row. For the first time, I asked myself why I like things so neat and orderly. In my alcoholic family, I was taught that if I did what I was told without question, I would be safer and happier. In my family, obedience meant following a strict, straight line. I no longer care if my ducks are in a row. Sometimes I prefer they aren't. By not forcing my thoughts and feelings in a straight line, I can see all the possibilities. I can explore and be creative and in, in, in innovative and adventuresome. The sharing of fellow members, my sponsor, and our conference-approved literature expand my horizons to encompass unexplored avenues of perception and action. Thought for the day. I no longer need to have my flowers, thoughts, or family members in a row. They are free to be what and who they are, and so am I. I want to remain teachable for the rest of my life, daily applying new ideas and letting life be a real adventure. How Elena works for families and friends of alcoholics. Page 374. Beautiful stuff. That was uh, hope for today. Now, courage to change. October 21st. Here it comes. I got it on my fire tablet and it comes up real slowly. If it comes up, sometimes it don't come up. Yeah. All right, courage to change one day at a time in Elna. October 21st. Many times I have said, I wish I had faith. And what I heard from so many wise Elna members is, surrender your lack of faith to your higher power and ask for faith. Huh? Surrender your lack of faith to your higher power and ask for faith. I have said, I know I am powerless, but I feel so helpless, frightened, and hopeless. And I have been told I had the option to surrender those feelings and ask for what I need. Powerlessness does not mean helpless. In fact, it can lead us to a source of enormous power, the power to carry out God's will. I have also said I can't figure out what God wants me to do, though I pray for guidance. My loving sponsor always says, God doesn't speak in code. Ask for clarity and then trust that you will get it when the time is right. When in doubt, I am learning that the
am learning that the answer is to ask. Today's reminder. After years of asking only for a particular solution to a problem, such as, please make the alcoholic stop drinking, I need to learn a better way to ask for help. Today, I will meditate for a few minutes on what I need, and then I will ask a power grin myself to help me with it. Even if we have struggled with the idea of a higher power, we have learned that asking for help works in all our affairs. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Very good stuff. And our last book is One Day at a Time. Here it comes. Wait for it. That was an awesome reading. So, Father... Father God, I ask you to give me insight in how to better do your will, your ways, Lord. I ask you how I can get more energy out of today's day. Amen. Here it is, one day at a time. October 21st. One suggestion we heard in Elanon is don't take anyone's inventory but your own. This may surprise us if we feel as many of us have that all our misery is caused by the actions of the alcoholic. We are eager to justify ourselves, explaining what he or she did that was so shocking, so inexcusable. Then how, we ask, could anyone think we were at fault? Gradually, we come to understand that we could have done many things more wisely. Perhaps we have criticized actions that we need not have taken to heart. We brought many troubles on ourselves. We find by interfering, finally, we saw that we have much inventory of our own to do. Today's reminder. Do I habitually criticize others? I will learn to live and let live. Am I fearful, picturing with dread what the future will bring? I will let go and let God and live only for this one day. Do I aggravate family problems with temper tantrums and uncontrolled words and actions? I will remind myself to think. Am I constantly in a state of flustered confusion? I will put first things first. I find the slogans a great help in taking a searching and fearless moral inventory of myself. Again, do I... Habitually criticize others, I will learn to live and let live. Am I fearful, picturing with dread what the future will bring? I will let go and let God and live only for this one day. Do I aggravate family problems with temper, tantrums, and uncontrolled words and actions? I will remind myself to think. Am I constantly in a state of flustered confusion? I will put first things first. Amen. I find the slogans a great help in taking a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for helping me get through this. 
Let us go ahead and uh, finish with the Lord's Prayer. Who brought us here? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. It's working. John chapter 12, the King James Version. Then six days, Jesus, before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with his, her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's sons, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and helped himself therein. Then Jesus said, let her alone against the day of my burying has she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus, also whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, because they, by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, the king cometh, sitting in an ass coat. These things understood not his disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things unto him. The people, therefore, that was with him, with him when he called Lazarus out, out of his grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause the people also met him, for that they heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive you how you prevail nothing? Behold, the world is gone after him. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. 
The same came therefore to Philip, which was with Bethsaida, of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we will see Jesus. Philip, come it and tell it, Andrew, and again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come, that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abided alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hated his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. This is my soul, trouble, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people thereof that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spoke to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto myself. This he said, signifying what death he should die. <clears throat> the people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abided forever. And how sayest thou, the Son of Man, be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto him, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. These things spoke Jesus and departed, and it hid himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Isaiah, the prophet, might be fulfilled, which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because that Isaiah said it again. He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they love the praise of men from rather than the praise of God. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that sees me, sees him that sent me. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. 
He that rejected me and receiveth not my words has one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment that I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatever for, whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.